And all right. Hey, welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This Show is All About You, a show about all the ways in which you and me become we and what that means for all of us. I am your host, uh, JDK Winnikin, and you can find out more about me at my website, wordsbyjdk.com, and on my social media feeds at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, in a good mood all of a sudden, I wasn't coming in today. Uh, I was having kind of a heavy week, and uh, we were just goofing around here in the uh, studio here just before coming on. And uh, some reason that brightened me up a little bit, and it fits well because we were playing around. And that is the theme. This is a new month, and so uh, I do a new theme every month. And this month's theme is play. And so uh, for episode 17, May 3rd, 2021, uh, to kick off our look at play and what I mean by that, today's uh, show title is JDK's May Play Challenge. I have a challenge that I'm going to put in front of all of you at the end of today's show uh, about some things that we can do together over the next month uh, that should be uh, really fun because play is fun. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And while we'll certainly get into the science of play and uh, the social importance of play, uh, today I want to start it off by talking a little bit about what play means to me. And we'll define some terms here really quick. Uh, But listeners know that I always start off every episode with a haiku. And so to frame today's episode, here is today's haiku uh, about play. To let myself go without thought, fear, or ego is my child at play. To let myself go without thought, fear, or ego is my child at play. Now, why play? People, Several people ask me, why are you going with play for the month of May? Uh, and it's not because it rhymes. <laughs> That's just convenient. Uh, it's actually for a couple of reasons. One, we're coming into the summer months. We're all coming out of uh, this pandemic, and we all want to stretch our legs, reconnect, enjoy ourselves again. All those things are elements of play, and so it fits in well with that. Uh, it's also because uh, play is my theme of the year. Uh, every year, uh, I don't do resolutions. I gave up on those a long time ago because I can never follow through on them like everybody else for more than a week or two. So I try to go with themes. Um, a couple years ago, it was getting out of my own way was my theme. And for 2021, my theme uh, was play. And there's a whole story behind that we'll get to uh, later on down the line. But the reason I chose it is because I knew, even going back to right around the turn of the year, that I wanted more play in my life. Now, what do I mean by play? Well, I'm going to turn around and actually ask you a question first to be thinking about. And this is a question that somebody asked me recently and it kind of kicked off this idea of maybe doing this theme for this month. Here's the question. When was the last time you played? Now, based on your understanding of what that word means to you, just be thinking, keep that in mind. When was the last time you played? And by the end of the show, let's see if you still think that was playing. Okay? And maybe it was something else. Okay, So we tend to use the word broadly, right? We play games, we play sports, right? Uh, We tend to make it interchangeable with the word fun. But I'm not so sure that those two are necessarily the same thing. Now, keep in mind, I'm exploring this all month just like you. I have my ideas. I'm certainly not an expert on play, but I want to know more about it uh, and think it could be really fun for us to learn from each other on this. 
But I'm going to start with this idea I have that play and fun are not necessarily the same thing. Okay, so what I mean by that is fun can be very planned out and can be very rewarding. You plan a vacation with a family, that can be really fun. You plan uh, an outing to a ball game, like I like to do with some friends. That can be really fun, and that can be rewarding. Playing sports can be really fun. Playing in competitive, going golfing, playing basketball, going to the gym. Right now I'm training for triathlons, and I'm doing a lot of playing in that sense, running around outside. But I'm not so sure that's what play actually is. Instead, this is the starting point that I'd like to, uh, to go with. Uh, a really good friend of mine recently suggested to me, and that, and that experts really back this, and we'll talk about that in coming weeks, but what makes play unique is that play is the only human endeavor that all people do. doesn't matter where they are, when they are, <laughs> what they believe in, what they look like, what socioeconomic class they're from. It's the only human endeavor that does not have any specific outcome or utility attached to it. Think about that for a second. It's the only thing. And if that idea is correct, that suggests something interesting. So things like exercise. Can exercise be fun? Yes, but it has utility and an outcome. Better health. That's part of it. Can sex be fun? Yes, of course. But it's also got utility, procreation on the other end of it. It has that kind of utility and outcome. Uh, there are a number of things we can talk about that can have fun involved in them, but they aren't necessarily play. What many experts about this talk about is that play at its purest form, in its purest form, is spontaneous and creative, open to adjustment while it's going on, is about discovery and building everything from imagination to awareness to confidence to learning new things. And I reduced all that down into four terms that I think can be maybe a rough guide for us to work with and see how well this plays out. Play is joyful, uninhibited, connected, and open-ended. It's joyful, uninhibited, connected, and open-ended. Now, I'm not just making this up, neither was my friend who suggested this, and next week I will, I will dig into a lot of the science behind this because I think that part really matters. But today I want to play around <laughs> with the idea uh, and discover with you what play might mean in your life. And I'd like to challenge all of us this month to rediscover it and to think about why we don't do this more often. So take a step back and think of all the times now. Remember I said at the top of the show, when was the last time you played? When was the last time that something you were doing was joyful, uninhibited, connected, and open-ended? Now, somebody asked me this not too long ago, and it took me a long time to remember. That's despite the fact that it's my theme for the year. <laughs> it took me a long time to remember when was the actual last time I played? So if you're having trouble, like I did, thinking of the last time you played with that definition, what I would suggest is you're not alone, and I think it's actually pretty common. We tend to hear that that kind of playfulness, we associate that with kids for good reason, right? We see kids when they play. They are joyful, uninhibited, connected with themselves and with each other. 
and it's always open-ended. And there's not necessarily a whole lot of self-consciousness going on when kids are really playing, particularly when they're inventing things as they go. Why don't we do that as adults is the big question. I ask myself this a lot, and I have just off the top of my head a couple of answers. We, we often hear that it's not adult-like. Like how adult-like would it seem if you were walking through the park and you saw a grown-up spinning around in circles, twirling like little kids do, laughing hysterically? Might have a little bit of a different reaction to that person doing that if they were 45 than if they were 5. But why is that? Or a group of adults playing superheroes in the park might elicit a different response than kids doing so. We tend to hear it's not adult-like, it's not a responsible thing to do, it's not good form, maybe it's embarrassing. I think we tend to care a lot about what other people think, about what we're doing, how we present ourselves in public or how we present ourselves even in our relationships. And yet, if you think about it, if you're like me, and I'm going to hazard the guess that you are, when you look back at the times where you played more around that criteria, open-ended, spontaneous, when you were younger, you remember them. And you remember, because I know I do, I remember them really fondly. And as I was discussing with a friend the other day, can remember when they kind of got squashed by a (laughs) grown-up or something like that. And... Just to kind of give you a little bit of an insight into what this looks like for me, let's take some time and talk about that. Over the weekend, on uh, my website, wordsbyjdk.com, I wrote a, uh, a piece that d- digs into this. Uh, it's called Big Wheel Time Machine, and you can go ahead and take a, take a look at that. And I'm not going to tell you what the story's about, even though the title, Big Wheel Time Machine, sort of gives you an idea. But uh, it talks about the time I was uh, back in Hawaii. I grew up there as a kid, and uh, about four years ago... I went back for the first time in almost three decades, and my best friend growing up still lives there. He's lived there most of his life. And we have been, we've been so connected for so long that every time we see each other, we pick up where we left off. But one of the things that uh, we've always had in common is spontaneity. Uh, we, <laughs> our play as kids was always uh, spontaneous, whatever we were doing. And it went on. Uh, it was open-ended. It was always creative. And we laughed hysterically. And there's an example of us laughing hysterically as mid-40s men in this post. Uh, And that's just the way it's always been. And uh, his name's Matt. And there are so many of those stories that I remember when I think back and when you think about it, I think we do this. All the times, all the stories that he and I reflect on or the stories that I will tell people who've never met him go back so often to the times where we played. Examples of when we played as a kid. Um, there's a few that come up. Obviously, playing superheroes in Star Wars, we did that until you know, the, until the day was over, until it was dark. We were in uh, Cub Scouts together, Matt and I, and, and we spent a lot of time making up stories uh, and games that we played spontaneously. Uh, bikes. We love to ride our bikes, and one time actually, we got the brilliant idea that uh, we should ride our bikes inside a giant classroom that was attached to the church where my dad was a pastor. And uh, we just rode them in circles. We thought that would be the greatest thing ever, to ride bikes inside. We got in some trouble for that. Uh, But sometimes, you know, play can get you in trouble. Uh, There was another time there was a horse that was kept on our property, uh, right next to our property. And it was a really nice horse. Uh, Consuela was her name. And and we could go up and we could pet the horse. 
And uh, one time we took some apples out for Consuela and we gave them to her. And Consuela was so happy that she started running around in circles. The problem was she was attached to a rope. And so we're standing on the inside of the radius of this rope, having to both jump and duck underneath this rope. Now, yes, that sounds very dangerous. Um, and we didn't intend to be in that situation. Uh, but as it turned out, <laughs> turned out just fine. We realized the closer we went into the middle of the radius, we would be fine. And so uh, we had a good time with that. But the fact of the matter is, uh, when I look back at play with Matt, what I remember is not the sp- just the spontaneity and the laughter, which was extensive. But what that do- did for us in the long run, it connected us so much more than I think anything else could have as kids. Because that play, that connectedness in play as kids, at least for me and for him, gave us so much depth in so many things and in so many ways that when I moved away when I was 10, we continued to stay close all these years to the point that when we get together, those habits of play and spontaneity and open-endedness are just a part of our relationship DNA. And we tap into it automatically. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And the more I've thought about it as I've been uh, digging into this subject, the more I've thought about that's ideal. Because Matt and I have a very strong relationship. And it's been strong for a very long time. We're both grown-ups with grown-up responsibilities and jobs and careers and getting a little bit older. And we talk about adult things. We talk about grown-up things. And yet, the reason why we're able to do all of that, I think, and we're able to connect on that, and why we can even have tough conversations, is because we forged our relationship in play. And it seems to me that suggests something much larger for all of us. Somewhere along the line, um, after I moved from Hawaii to the West Coast, to California, somewhere along the line, I started to go through what I think a lot of us go through, and that is losing the connection, the ability, the willingness to play in the way I'm describing it. I used to love to play sports. I loved to play baseball and soccer and basketball, and I enjoyed playing those in grade school, and I enjoyed the connectivity of that with friends, and I built a lot of friendships that way. But then I stopped liking those things and stopped playing them all together when I was in high school And all my high school coaches and teams, it started to feel more and more like a job. And the fun went out of it. The connectivity went out of it. And I kind of moved away from that. Music, for a while, I discovered that playing music. And when I was in college, I played in in bands where we really liked to jam a lot and kind of make things up. And I really enjoyed that part. And yet, as soon as structure was put in it and, you know, trying to plan everything that goes with it and all those types of things and all the drama that tends to follow, um, not just in music, but just in college, all of that made it less fun for me and then didn't feel like play. And most importantly, that loss of spontaneity, open-endedness, connectivity really revealed itself in my relationships. In all of them, in my family relationships, in my friendships, in my romantic ones, I became a very, very serious person. I could feel really withdrawn, really isolated. Longtime listeners uh, know um, this took me into addiction eventually. And a lot of my recovery process in that has been reconnecting with those joyful things, reconnecting with things like play. I could not lighten up (laughs) from the time I was about 17 on. I could not lighten up. And so I lost the lessons 
at least for me, came with play. To be uninhibited and relaxed. To be creative and open-ended. To connect with other people and kind of go back and forth, trying new things. All of that I seem to have lost. And in my relationships, it really kind of doomed them, or at least limited them in a lot of ways. And so really, it's only been in the last handful of months, six months or so, that I've really started to really understand this again, the importance of play. Because what it does, at some level as an adult, is it lightens me up. I've had to embrace more of the idea of being light and free in my relationships. Not having huge expectations for them or gigantic needs for them, but just being light and free and enjoying the people in my life. And it does not mean, as I was at first worried it was going to, does not mean, light and free does not mean shallow and disconnected. What it does and what I'm rediscovering in my relationships is when I'm light and free and relaxed and having fun and enjoying people, it brings back all those things, the spontaneity of conversations and directions where they go or activities, the connectedness that I feel with that person, the open-endedness of those conversations or that connection over time. I'm much less inhibited in those conversations or in those moments. And so for me, that's where play is becoming such a big deal or such a renewed emphasis. And I'm wondering if it's got you thinking now a little bit about what that means for you. So think about that for a minute while we take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask a few uh, general questions about play. And then I'm going to put the challenge out in front, of, in front of you for the month of May. So stick around and come right back to this show is all about you. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. This is Rob Bates, and I want you to tune in to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Howard. The show that brings joy from pain, sunshine where it rains. Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Howard. And that's coming from me, Mr. It Takes Two, Rob Tune in. Do what Rob Bass says. Take a listen to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. That's me. Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on KKNW. To find out more information, check out my website, stacyconnects.com, or text D-A-M-T-T to 55678. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. All right, welcome back to This Show is All About You. I'm your host, J.D.K. Winnikin, and we are talking today and this month about play, the importance of play. And before the break, uh, I suggested strongly that I think so much of what we bring into our relationships with ourselves and with others uh, that is healthy and free and open uh, comes from play and is maybe the most beneficial thing for us. And yet, as grown-ups, as adults, we tend to lose track of how to do so, and it can be tough to know how to re-engage in genuine play that is joyful, spontaneous, connected, and open-ended. And uh, during the break, my producer who's sitting in here mentioned to me that 
uh, the idea that, of course, when we're younger, we're also learning more, right? So we're in this mode of learning more and play, um, whether we're solo, you know, with our Legos or with we're a bunch of friends running around outside, is about learning, is about being open to things, learning new things, trying new things. And maybe that's part of the problem we run into as adults. Maybe we start telling ourselves that we've learned what we're supposed to learn or we can't try new things. Or once you're in a certain place, you really can't add more to it. Why would you bother? It's just simply too late, blah, 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 blah. Well, I, I don't agree with that because certainly um, my whole life experience shows that it's never too late uh, to unlearn some things and then to learn some new ones and maybe to relearn some things that we once knew. And so this month, what I'd like to challenge all of us to do, and I'm going to be doing this with you, is to rediscover what play looks like and feels like and can do in our lives. I'm going to be doing this on an active basis, and you can follow it along with my social media feeds and, of course, weekly on this show. But I really want you uh, to do this with me and to let me know how it goes for you. Send me an email, post on my sites, and, and let me know how this goes. And I'll lay it out for you here in just a second, but here are some key questions that I think we should think about, kind of recap where we've been. Uh, when we talk about play, we all think we know what it is, but is it really? Right? Um, sitting, on a TV, sitting on the couch watching a TV show that I like is fun, but I'm not sure that's play. I don't think that is because it's not really spontaneous, creative. It's not necessarily connected, and it's not open-ended. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with it, but it isn't necessarily play. Same thing when I go to a ball game. My, one of my favorite places to be anywhere is wherever there's a baseball game being played. It's my happy place, and I feel really good there. I feel calm, connected. I enjoy it, and that's wonderful. That is also not play in that sense. Uh, competitions certainly can be fun. Uh, playing games uh, can be fun. But as a group, but certainly I think the ones that are the most fun are the ones that engage in those things that are joyful, open-ended, connected. I can think of several games that actually do that, uh, which are fun. And so those could be things you can connect with as well. But just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, here's some, some samples of fun from my own life as well as some others that I've, I've heard about uh, recently or done myself. Uh, one of the things that I love to do, and I've done it for a while, is while I'm cooking... I love to dance to Motown or funk. I love it. I do it a lot. I always tell people if you're going to do that, don't have anything boiling in the kitchen while you're doing that. But I love to do that. It's solo. I keep my earphones on so it doesn't bug people. But I love to do that. It is uninhibited. It is joyful. It is open-ended. And I feel really connected with myself and I lighten up. And if anybody connects with me, calls me on the phone or anything like that, they're getting a really fun, relaxed open version of me when that happens. Another thing I did yesterday is remember those old balsa wood gliders you could buy when you were a kid, just slide the wing into the real thin thing. I used to love those as a kid. Well, I found one and I took it to the park yesterday uh, and I threw it around uh, and I just, that's all I did. And it was fun. And not only did I throw it, I had to chase after it. And, and what was amazing to watch was besides me having a, having fun and laughing were all the other kids in the park watching and laughing and wanting to do that at the same time. And some kids came up and I let them throw it and, and things like that. Everybody wants to engage in it. People are drawn to play. And so it's part of our DNA in that sense. And so those were some things. Some other things. Uh, 
my friend Stacy, uh, pre-pandemic days and hopefully post-pandemic days, uh, loves to have people over to her and her husband Pete's house to play badminton in the backyard. No score is kept, nothing. And it's the most hilarious thing ever because you get a bunch of people out there that you know or you don't know, and you just see people at their most uninhibited hitting the, hitting the badminton shuttlecock around. It's hilarious. Um, everybody makes weird noises when they hit uh, badminton shuttlecocks. It's really, it's really kind of fun. And yet that stands out. Uh, another story I heard about a friend of mine who recently was taking his, uh, his girlfriend to the airport uh, for her to fly back home to North Carolina. And unbeknownst to her, he just went along with her. Just a spontaneous fun thing. She responded very well to that, I'm happy to hear, because uh, that maybe might not have happened. But nevertheless, it was something that was connected, open-ended. It's producing joy. Uh, those are the types of things that we're talking about. These can be experiences that are shared with each other. They can be things that are just for us. And so with those things in mind, maybe some things have come to mind for you. Here is the challenge. Every week, as part of JDK's May Play Challenge, I'm going to give you a couple things to think about and maybe do, jot down, and bring them along with you to next week's show, and we'll talk about them some more. So I already said at the top of the show, when was the last time you played? And whatever you remembered, do you still think that was play? And if so, what was it? And if it wasn't, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about that? If you don't know when the last time you played was, how do you feel about that? Take note of that. The other thing I want you to do this week, notice when you see others playing. That could be your kids, friends, strangers. What do you notice? What feelings does it kick up in you? Does it give you ideas of maybe some things you'd like to do for play? And then last, if you can find it, have an idea for next week of something, some kind of play that you would like to do. Maybe re-engage with. What sounds like an absolute blast that is joyous, open-ended, spontaneous, creative, connected? What are those things? Do you need somebody else to help you with that? Have that in mind when you come in uh, next week, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, and I'll have some other steps. The idea is by the end of the month, we're all going to be playing. That's the idea. And talking about how that is having a direct effect, and I'm going to guess that it's going to have a profound effect on all of us as we dig into this. So just in time for summer, it's JDK's May Play Challenge. So um, – you can email me directly if you want to know any more about this. Uh, you can find me at the uh, KKNW website. You can also hit up my website, wordsbyjdk.com, or hit me up on social media. Uh, and so enjoy the challenge, and we will see you next week. So until next time, everyone, make it a play day. Chins up, everyone. Mm-hmm.